You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. Brian Cooper was a highly decorated high school football player at Ardmore, Oklahoma High School. Played quarterback at East Central University, starting as a true freshman before injuries cut his career short. Some bad life decisions had his life in disarray in the subsequent years. By the time he was 40, Brian was grossly overweight, carrying 320 pounds on his 5'8 frame. He knew he had to make changes, and he spent the next four years getting into shape. One of the ways he did that was setting a goal of competing in bodybuilding competition. If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, you'll see before and after pictures of Brian's efforts, and they are quite impressive. He's now a fit cut, 184 pounds or so, uh, competing in bodybuilding competitions around the Midwest. He also runs a fitness training company with in-person and remote clients, and we'll talk to him uh, about that. Coop, welcome to Sports Connections. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you having me, my man. And we are also joined uh, by his dad, Milt Cooper. And Milt is one of one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Um, and because because Brian is known to say some things that his dad wouldn't approve of, he just decided to listen in just so he could unmute himself and correct him if necessary. Now, before we get into the questions, I also want to introduce my co-host. I've never had a co-host before, but I have a special reason. If you watched the episode the Friday before the Super Bowl, you saw my interview with Andrea Albino, who has worked several Super Bowl halftime shows. Little did I know at the time, but this lovely petite gal probably could have moved one of those sets by herself. This pocket Hercules also has experience in bodybuilding, and I didn't know that until I uh, talked to her about Brian coming on. So since I have Body by Krispy Kreme, I figured I should bring in an expert to help with the question. So Andrea, welcome back to Sports Connections. Thank you so much, David. I'm happy to be here and I'll definitely help you out with some questions. All righty. So Coop, let's start with your football career. You played for your dad at Ardmore High School. What was it like playing for your dad? And as I said, your dad is one of my very best friends. So be careful how you answer that question. <laughs> well, Dave, that's something I've always wanted to do was play for that man. Um, I probably would say 84. That's when I was, you know, completely hooked on the game of football. Um, just the way he coached. I just couldn't wait for him to coach me. And I'm pretty sure that was one of his dreams too, was to coach his sons, which he did. So it, it was a, it was a very good time. Very good time. He and I share a belief that coaching is a calling much like being a pastor. If you are called to coach, you have to coach. And when you're pastoring slash coaching your own family, it makes it that much more special. So I know he, he enjoyed it as well. He's talked to me many times about coaching you and Kevin uh, in your football careers. Now, injuries cut your career short at East Central. How much joy did that steal from your life? It wasn't really injury, I guess. Um, Cause like you said earlier in the introduction, I started as a true freshman. I finished the starter at quarterback as a true freshman. I replaced the quarterback that won the national title the year before. So there's a little politicking going on. Uh, he was a senior the next year, even though I was better, worked harder. I mean, everything I could do to, you know, still have my starting role as a quarterback. He gave, he got the nod you know, because he was a senior and I could have, that took a lot of wind out of myself. I, I can't lie about that. And at that point, it just, 
it wasn't fun anymore because all the work that I was putting in, it's like it wasn't being recognized. And I've never been in a position like that. Yeah. Ever. So that was new territory for me. So I finished my sophomore year after that. I was done, you know, and just got my degree. So. All right. And, and I'm not, not going to go into some of the decisions. You and I have talked about those and, and, and we're close enough friends that I can mention that you made some bad decisions. We're not going to talk about those, but what caused you to decide to get things right? My daughter, whenever I had her, I knew that, you know, I need to straighten up, you know, not to mention the fact that, you know, I was hurting my parents, you know, they're bailing me out every other day. It seemed like, out of something, you know, that I've caused. So I know it's a relief for them at this point in time in their life that, you know, I do have it together. I'm on the right path. You know, the prodigal son, as you would, that's that's what daddy and mom will call me, the prodigal son. I strayed, but I came back. I came back. All right. And, and, and Milt, is, Milt is shaking his head. So uh, I appreciate that. Um, you, you lost, we talked about it in the introduction, lost a lot of weight. I, I was an English major, but that sounds like it's about 140 pounds. But you're like, how did you do that? There comes a time, Dave, when every person has to look themselves in the mirror and just be completely honest with themselves. I was obesely overweight. You know, I had my brother calling me. He's like, hey, man, I'm seeing some pictures on Facebook. I don't like what I'm seeing, bro. You might, you're going to die on me. You know, we can't have that. You're too young to die. So that really hit me. And from then on, you know, I started gradually. It wasn't just hardcore from day one. You know, it was right. a gradual process. Um, just little things by eating, cutting out the junk food, uh, being more active and doing that on a consistent basis. It was the main thing. But there were so many times I didn't want to get up and go to the gym. Many mornings, I didn't want to do that, but I knew what my goal was. I knew I needed to do this for me, you know, so I walk my daughter down the aisle, which I have, thank God. So that's how I started, Dave. You know, it was a gradual process. Yeah. Well, um, during your physical transformation, what did you learn about nutrition or working out that you didn't know before? For instance, I didn't know about counting macros, you know, the fat, protein and carbohydrates. I didn't, that was very unknown to me when I started my journey. So yeah. So what, what did you not know before? You hit it right on the head, Andrea. I, I never knew anything about macros ever, you know, protein, carbs, and fats. Those are the three main things right there. So that I had to get used to that and eating five to six times a day. I wasn't used to that. So it was amazing what your body will respond to, you know, if you put clean, you know, food into your body. You know, they say your body is a temple. You only get one. So it was the eating that was the hardest. Part. It wasn't the working out. I mean, I was born in the gym. My brother and my dad, we get, get in the weight room, just us three, and just go hard with it. I mean, since I was in middle school. So the working out wasn't a thing. It was the. It was the eating part that was the toughest for me to get used to. Now, see, you should have come to me because I know all about macros. They go really well with cheese. One of my favorite <laughs> things when I was in college was eating macros and cheese. So I'm, I might have that mixed up uh, a little Just bit. Just a little bit, Dave. Just a yeah. little bit. Okay. So you, 
Brian, you probably hit some roadblocks um, in this process. I mean, you don't you don't lose 140 pounds without hitting roadblocks. What what were they, and how did you get through them? My main things were plateaus. Um, I would be doing the same thing, getting results, getting the weight off. Then I just come to a complete halt, you know. And to some people, it's like, well, I can't do anything else. So I guess I've lost as much as I can. I just kept going, just kept going. And then finally, you know, you break through those plateaus. You just have to just keep going. I tell my clients that all the time. You know, you if they want to lose 30 pounds, well, you didn't gain those 30 pounds overnight. You're not going to lose it overnight. Yeah. Uh, it's the part about being consistent. That's the main thing, Dave. It's the main thing. When did bodybuilding, that when did that goal enter into the picture? Was that something you thought right away or when you started to see some results that you decided you wanted to, you wanted to uh, compete like that? It definitely wasn't in the beginning. I was just wanting to lose weight. Um, the more I lost the more my body started to look like I was in high school and college again. So that really kept me going. Uh, when I was a personal trainer at the Y, I had a bodybuilder come up to me and ask me if I ever thought about competing. And at the time mm -hmm. I didn't, but for him to ask me that, I'm kind of like, hmm, that might be a possibility. So I went to a show just to check it out. Uh, me and a friend of mine went to a show just to see for ourselves what it's like. We talked to a couple of competitors, you know, just to see what their regimen was. And some of the guys that were on stage, I was like, man, I look like that now. So what if I really dug into this and see what I could do? So after the first show, you know, I was hooked after that. I was hooked. So how, how did that add to the motivation besides, obviously, you know, having Kevin, your brother, tell you he didn't want you to die on him. And I'm sure Kim, your sister, was saying the same type of thing. I know that your folks were, were probably concerned with you with, with the weight you had gained. How did the bodybuilding goal help you in your motivation as well? Again, I keep saying this, Dave. It's, you know, it's, it's about the discipline uh, and the consistency. And, I mean, without those, you know, you have to really be disciplined to be in that kind of industry and try to be successful in that industry. So that was my motivation. I'm still motivated. I want my pro card. That is my goal to have my pro card. So I'm going to continue to keep working at it until I do. I know it's a, I know it's possible. I mean, if I can lose 140 pounds, I can give me a pro card, you know? So I'm just working at it, Dave. Talk, talk about what, what is the pro card? Explain that to those of us who, who uh, our physical training is dry, walking to and from the car to drive somewhere. Yeah. So uh, pro card is, say you're at a show, I'm in a show, and um, out of the open, which the open is everybody, everybody that wants to compete, you have a certain weight class that you're in. Uh, if you get first place out of that class, you get your pro card. That means you're a professional bodybuilder now. So that's that's my goal. That's my goal, man. Okay. Now I know I know we didn't uh, talk about this ahead of time because I didn't know that your dad was gonna join us, but you you and I have talked about the fact that you're trying to get him to compete in the I don't want to say how old he is, but 
over 50 division, uh, <laughs> a little bit over 50 division. Have you gotten him up on stage yet? Not yet. Our plan is to be on stage in October. That's the next show we're going to we're going to try and do. Uh, I didn't know he let that cat out the bag because I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't know if he wanted me to keep it under wraps or not. Well, I don't I don't know who told me. It, uh, he didn't tell me. I, I think you you must have let it slip sometime or something. But... Could have. I could have. I could have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which was harder? Cutting the weight, you know, getting dropping those 140 pounds or adding the muscle that was there all along, but, but toning the muscle to be able to stand up on stage like that. What was harder? Yeah. Cutting was the hardest for me. Um, just naturally hereditary. I have the, you know, the big chest and broad shoulders and big arms. So the muscle that was, that just come natural for me. It was the cutting parts that was really the most challenging because you had to get to a certain body percentage, body fat percentage to be able to show everything. I, I got down to my lowest was on show day was 7%. That was the lowest I've gotten. So it's usually like five, but I just couldn't get to that extra 2%. <laughs> couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Andrea, I saw your reaction when you said 7%. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, that's just, that's incredible. I mean, again, I'm competing in a different category, you know, females. Mm-hmm. A little bit more squishier than the males. <laughs> we do carry a lot more weight. And so there's, you know, some water manipulation there. But yeah, to hear the the number seven, I think I think I might have been at twelve to fourteen percent. So I looked a little different. <laughs> All right. I, I did too. <laughs> I want to talk about the competition, about the industry and all that. Just talk about preparing for a show. What does a, a normal day, or maybe we ought to look at like a normal week leading up to the show. What does that look like for you? They call that peak week. So, and what peak week is, is the week of the show. Um, my coach, he had me pretty much doing everything that I have been doing. Um, I wasn't cutting back weight when I'm working out. I'm still working out big and hard and heavy. Um, the, the main thing that kind of got me was during peak week, you start cutting your carbs back, you know, gradually until show day. Well, he had me front loading the carbs where on the day before my show, I was eating like 530 grams of carbs. So it was, I was like, huh? Is that a typo? (laughs) (laughs) And sure enough, it, it worked. It worked. I had all the striations and you can, I mean, you can see the veins and so it's just, it's amazing to me how the body reacts, you know, to certain ways of eating, especially in this industry. That's probably my biggest takeaway from it. It wasn't the working out part. Like I said, it was the nutrition part, which is the biggest, that's the biggest thing is the nutrition in this industry. Absolutely. And did you eat anything the day of the show in the back? What was it? Carbs? What was it? Yes, it was definitely carbs. Uh, the morning of the show, my coach had me get up at five o'clock that morning, go to IHOP, get a short stack of pancakes and started carving up at five o'clock in the morning. And every two and a half hours, I'd be eating sweet potatoes and uh, steak, um, stuff like that. A couple of candy bars, 
He had me doing that as well. It was crazy. I was like, candy bar? Really? A Snickers? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm in, so I'm in training now, right? Because I'm eating a Snickers bar. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I was very surprised at that, too. And during my first show, the back of the stage covered in candy bars, just yeah. splattered everywhere. <laughs> and of course, when you have not eaten these things for so many weeks, you do indulge and it's like, this is great. This is awesome. However, it does not taste. I remember going, this is not as good as I remember. Right. Because it's eaten so clean. Right. The sugar definitely tastes a little different, but you're right. It does plump up those muscles yeah. and really showcase um, the hard work that's been done, ironically. <laughs> ironically, I know. <laughs> so then after your first show or after your shows that you've done, I know that you know, bodybuilders, we like to have different um, like cheat days or, or bonus days, reward days. Do you have any favorite uh, snacks or meals that that's your that's your thing that's your go to for a reward? Absolutely. I'm I'm a cheeseburger fan. I love a good greasy cheeseburger. And then after the last show, uh, daddy was there. Mama was there. Uh, my sister, her kids. My daughter and her husband and me and my wife, we all went to Tay's uh, Burger Shack in Northtown, grass-fed burger, one of the best burgers in Kansas City, in my opinion. You know, I had a couple of those. <laughs> I had a couple of those. <laughs> now, how did you feel after that? Were you okay? Your body handled it okay? It did until after that, we went to um, Casey's and got six donuts <laughs> and a cinnamon roll. After that, uh, I think I took it a little too far. <laughs> yeah, then the pain set in, right? Right, right. right. Well, your, your dad and I like uh, meeting at Mongolian Barbecue and seeing how many times we can go through the line. And for a while, you were really making Milton May hungry. Uh, but then when you talk <laughs> about the donuts afterwards, I don't think that sounds nearly as appealing as it did before you mentioned that. You, you agree with me, Coop? <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, so how did how did your own journey of of weight loss help you start your fitness business? When I was um, before I became a personal trainer at the Y, I was just working out there, and the uh, director came up to me while I was working out one day and was like, "Man, I've noticed you from the first day you came through these doors, and I've noticed your transformation. I need you on my squad." I was like, oh, okay. Well, I never really thought about personal training. So that's how the personal training came into it, by the director coming up to me, you know, telling me that. So I started digging in, studying a little bit. I mean, I knew how to work out. You know, that, that wasn't the problem. It was just the lingo that's used nowadays, you know, and eccentric and, you know, all of that. So uh, it took a little while. I thought I knew everything. I went and took the test without pretty much studying, thinking that, and I got this, I know how to work out. Bombed it, bombed <laughs> it, <laughs> bombed it. So uh, they gave me 30 days, 30 or 60 days to take it again. So I went ahead and pretty much studied every day and went and took the test and passed. So from then on, me being at some of these gyms that I've worked in, I'm like, okay, they're making all of this money and I'm just getting a little fraction of that. And I have the most clients, you know, here, but I'm not being rewarded for that. 
So I just got it into my mind. It's like, you know, I'm, I want to start my own business. I want to do business for myself. And, and let me ask you, did, did Kevin, uh, your younger brother, but a personal trainer, did he inspire you? Did he help you? How, how did he influence you in that process? Absolutely. He, he had a big influence, you know, on that decision um, for me to get into that industry. Uh, I've asked him advice on more than a few occasions. Uh, what did he do in this situation? If a client is suffering from this, you know, what kind of workouts would you give them? You know, because he was doing it for a long time and he has his degree in that. So um, he was a big help in that in that part for sure. So Brian, I got a quick question for you then. Um, for somebody that's just starting out in their health and their fitness journey, what would be the first thing that you would recommend? Eating. So the Eating. nutrition part. Absolutely. That's the biggest part of it. That's the biggest part of it. Exercising is definitely a must. Uh, it doesn't have to be two hours in the gym. It could be just like what my daddy is doing right now. He gets his cardio in from doing his walks. You know, so start out as a walk, you know, and three times a day or three times a week, start off just walking three times a week and just gradually, you know, get a little more intense. And that's pretty much how I started when I was 320. Um, I didn't have a gym membership. I didn't do any of that. So I just took it old school. You know, uh, my daddy taught us when we were little about the squat push-ups, one squat, one push-up. Two squats, two push-ups. Not only are you getting a good workout in and a good pump, but the heart rate is beating, you know, pretty fast as well. So you get a good workout just by simple things like that. So I got to ask you, and Milt, you can shake your head if he if he answers incorrectly. With the with the training now for your next show, you he's been your coach for forty plus years, and now you're his coach. Who who gets to Tell the other one what to do in the training for the for the show. Well, we both we're both using my coach that I did for my last show. <laughs> Cop out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll refer you to you know my coach. You know I'll let you ask him those questions. <laughs> so is 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 your dad a good uh, a good pupil of this coach? Absolutely, absolutely. He, you know, Daddy Dave. He yeah. He's, he's intense. I mean, he gets me intense, you know, to this day we can be working out and he'll just push me for those extra two or three reps when I know I don't have them in me, but he gets those out of me to this day. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. And, and this kind of goes to the question Andrea just asked, but I, I want to make it a little bit broader picture. You know, she was, I think, talking about specifics. So my question is what is the most important thing that you try to convey to your clients? Even if you do not want to work out, come in anyway. You're gonna feel a lot better coming in, even just giving it half of what you got than skipping it and staying at home. You're not gonna get any results that way. So consistency absolutely is a must. And there's sometimes where my clients will call me. It's like, hey, I'm not feeling well. Well, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm just feeling mad. Okay, well, guarantee if you come in and work out, by the time you leave, you're going to feel a lot better. Nine times out of ten, they do. 
and, and so it, it's it's persistence, it's motivation, it's things like that. And then it's the fact that you let them know they're going to have obstacles. And I think that's a big part of it is being honest with them. It's not going to be easy. So how do you prepare them for the obstacles that they will that they will face? Every client that I have before we start, I have a consultation with them. And then I go over some of the obstacles they may face, you know, during this little transition that they're trying to transition into. Um, Soreness. A lot of them can't handle the soreness the first week. The first week is always the worst week. And I've had a couple of clients that will cancel on me because they just can't walk. And I understand that. You know, I'll give them another day. But then after that, you know, come on, you're going to get the soreness out by working out. So a lot of it is their body just not used to them doing certain things. So so if I can put words in your mouth here, it's basically preparing them. A big part of motivating them and getting them past the article of the obstacles is preparing for them ahead of time. So when they wake up that morning and they can't walk because you pushed them so hard that you say, remember, I told you about this. This is normal. This is what you would expect. And it's going to help you down the line. So it's the preparation ahead of time, mental as much as as the physical that allows you to reinforce that, isn't it? Correct. Absolutely. Correct. So go back to um, when you were playing high school football and that that mean head football coach that my wife still calls Dean and when, that'll, that'll be a different, a different episode altogether. What did he teach you about coaching people that you use today? Leadership. Leadership is definitely one of them. Um, trust. I tell my clients all the time, it's like, Hey, I'm old school. We're not going to have these fancy kind of workouts. I'm not going to make you do what I don't do. That's the bottom line right there. I say, I'm, I'm going to do everything that you do. You're going to do everything that I do. This is where I came from. You see, this is where I am now. This is what I did to get there. You want to follow me? I'll show you the way. And, and he's, he's still living that out because he's still training with you, isn't he? Still, still. Yes, sir. To this day. All right. Um, the pictures that we showed earlier and just hearing some of the stories uh, let's, let's me know that people are going to want to contact you to get your training. And you do this not only in the Kansas city area, but you can do it remotely. People can contact you, um, and you can work through it with technology today. You can, if they're in East armpit, Idaho or whatever, you can still work with them. So how do people, how do people get hold of you? Sure. We have our own website, cooperfitness.org. Um, we have meal planning, uh, Cooper Fit Apparel. Uh, we we have everything you need. Uh, online training as well. If you're not in the KC area, uh, our business number is eight one six four nine nine one two seven six. If you want to directly contact us, you know by phone. Um, we're, we're here to help. We're here to help. Now, do you have p- before and after pictures of yourself on that website? Yes, sir. I do. Sure do. All right. Would and she doesn't know I'm going to do this. Would you want pictures of Andrea competing? <laughs> Absolutely. I want to see Miss Andrea. I want to see. <laughs> well, I'll let, I'll let you guys talk about that. She didn't know I was going to do that, so I will okay, let you guys. Yeah, do. Brian, I can ch- to chat about that. Yeah. Okay, that works. That that works. All right. Um, David, did you take all these notes? Right. You got it. 
you figured it all out, you're ready for maybe signing up for a fall competition, right? Correct. Correct, Dave. Come on. Come on, Dave. Yeah. What do you got to lose? What you got to lose, my man? Oh, about 20 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do that. You got this. But I'd have to skip Mongolian barbecue, and so I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So you got to be willing to pay the price. Um, Well, I always like to wrap up my – uh, my podcast with two things. And uh, the first one, I know this is really, really, you know, we, we are twin sons of different mothers. You know, you, you're my brother and, and I've, I've known you for Coop. How long have we known each other? 20 something years. And so I've known, I've known you for almost that time. And I know that family is extremely important to you. So talk about your family, your, your parents, your brothers, your brother and sister, your wife, your daughter, and soon to be grandchild. Yes, grandpapa. Yes, sir. Mom and daddy, they're great uh, in shape. I mean, daddy is still lifting big weights at 70 years old. You know, he can bitch press almost as much as I can now. So, and it was never like that. He was just always, okay, just go ahead and put 315 on there. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Now, 315 is nothing. It's nothing for him now. <laughs> uh, mama is good. She she loves her cardio. She loves her walks. Uh, my sister, she lives here with us as well. Um, her and her tribe, you know, they're all doing good. Uh, my brother's still in Dallas. He is a principal or superintendent. One of those. Big dad. I can't remember which one he is. Principal. Okay. Okay. Principal mm-hmm. in Dallas. Um, uh, who else? Baby girl. Uh, she's due in September. It's going to be a boy. So when I found out I was going to be a grandpa and I let my beard grow and I was doing it just for men. So when I found out I was going to be a grandpa, I was like, well, might as well just go ahead and gray it out now. Might as well. (laughs) So do you have a, a name, what you want that grandson to call you? I don't know yet. I've been well, contemplating. I can guarantee you it won't matter what you decide. That grand <laughs> that grandson is gonna call right, Coop. That grandson is gonna call you whatever, whatever he wants to, and it won't matter to you. I can guarantee you that. You know, my my two granddaughters will walk in the front door and one of them calls me grandpa, and the other one calls me papa. And it doesn't matter. They could call me old stinky man or whatever. And I would still ha- pick them up, put them on my lap. Right. Being a grandparent is like nothing you've ever experienced. And it is absolutely wonderful. So here's my last question for you, Brian. And, and I love asking this and I've had some, some really great answers. I'll, I'll give you my all time favorite answer. Um, knowing you're a huge Kansas city chiefs fan. <laughs> um, He's actually a Cowboys fan, but um, my all-time best answer to this was NFL Hall of Famer, former Kansas City Chief Bobby Bell, who's, when I asked him the question, well, the question is, what's your legacy? And I asked Bobby that, and he said, he said, I want to live my life so the preacher don't have to lie at my funeral. So (laughs) you can't use that one. What's your legacy, Brian? That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, my legacy, Dave, I would, I would say a servant. Um, I've served pretty much my whole career, regardless of what industry I was in. My first job was at a restaurant. And I was in a restaurant business for 20 years. So and I like helping people. I like serving people. Um, I'm definitely a servant. 
And then, and better yet, you know, I'm a servant of God as well. So with that, that's what I want my legacy to be, that I was a servant. All right. And this will be the first time we've ever done this, but I'm going to ask your dad to unmute. And he was totally unprepared for this question, but, but Coop, what is your legacy? I like Bobby Bell. <laughs> I sure hope that the preacher or you, you'll be at my, at my home going, I hope nobody has to lie. <laughs> I, I want, I want people to say about me. Uh, I want to say he was a, he was a good husband. He was a good father. And that's it. That's it. If I can master those two things, I'm home free. Well, I, I can tell I can tell you for a fact we have um, you know, you and I have spent many great days together, many great hours together, road trips together, vacation together. Um, and I know you're all three of your kids very well. I know you've got the uh, the the dad part down. I believe Rosemary will tell you, you got the other part down uh, really well uh, as well. So uh, it, you probably muted so she wouldn't chime in to, to refute that. But uh, well, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure to catch up with you, Brian. I appreciate you sharing your your insight with this. Um, it, it's it's a I I definitely need to know the date in October. So I can be there either heckling or encouraging you guys. Um, but you know, I want to be there and, and root you on. And I appreciate you joining us today. And Andrea, thank you for being a gracious co-host and, and revealing a side of you that we didn't know before. Yes, you're absolutely welcome. And Brian, congratulations on your transformation thank and your you. business and for helping others. Thank you very much, Andrea. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time. <laughs>